Good morning. Welcome to, that was awesome, you guys are awake. Welcome to our second week of our series in Philippians. Um, super excited about this series. Heather kicked it off last week with just a great message, uh, reminding us that happiness comes and goes, but joy stays and joy comes from Jesus. Um, while, while we're starting here, I forgot one thing, we're going to pass around something. Just hold on to that. Take one each. Hold on to those until the end, and then I'll instruct you later on that. So Heather kicked us off last week. Happiness comes and goes. Joy stays. Joy comes from Jesus. It's a mini-theme joy throughout the book of Philippians. And this letter that Paul is writing to his dear friends at the church at Philippi is just awesome. It's so rich. It's so full. It's so powerful of the truth. And as Jared just read the second chapter there, there's so much we could dive into. There's no way to cover that all in 30 minutes. It would be like taking a, a drink from a fire hose. So God has put just a couple verses on my heart this morning that he wants me to share with you. And I'm really excited to do so. But before we get started, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we're so grateful that you inhabit the praises of your people. Jesus, you are here this morning. You are living in us. You are working in us. Holy Spirit, you are in this room, the room that we're seated in, but also the room of our lives. God, do a work within us. We don't want to leave this building the same as when we came in. Otherwise, there would be no point at all to this. You didn't call us to create a country club. You called us to create a church, a church that glorifies you, gives all the glory back to you. There's only one name that we should be living for, not our name, but your name, the highest name, the name of Jesus. God, we invite you. We lay ourselves down this morning so that you can do something in us. Change us, God. I pray that distractions would stop right now, that we would focus on you, that we would be able to listen intently to what you have to say. Holy Spirit, divide this word into hundreds of different pieces as only you can do and speak to every soul, every spirit, every heart in this place today. May your word be rooted deep within us and spring up and bear much fruit. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, you should already be turned there. I'm going to speak on verses 12 and 13. I'm going to start in the middle of verse 12. It says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Let me take a straw poll. Did anyone work hard this week? I'm raising my hand. I feel like I worked hard. Man, that's like half the room. No, no. I was expecting everyone to raise their hand. You're going to have to have a message on work ethic then. That just destroys everything. No, I think you worked hard. In America, we know how to work hard, don't we? Amen. That's what this country was built on. If there's one thing we know, we know how to work hard. We have a strong ethic for the most part. Evidently, some of you don't, but yeah, we know how to work hard. 
In fact, in North America, we've coined the phrase workaholic, to be drunk on work where we've swung the pendulum a little too much. So we have no problem at all, I believe, in understanding the first part of this verse. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. See, did you know there should be results from your salvation? Did you know there should be a result from you encountering Jesus? You and I should be working hard for those results. Other translations say you should be working out your salvation. You and I need to be working out our salvation. The Greek word for, for work hard here, it means to achieve, to work out. I work out. I bring about, I produce, I accomplish. Let me ask you, what are you accomplishing because of your salvation? To you and I as followers, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to be working hard to show results from our salvation. And Paul in this prison cell is writing his dear friends at Philippi, and he's also speaking to you and me. He's telling us, work hard, guys, to show the results of your salvation. It makes sense. We can totally understand that. It feels good when you have a sense of accomplishment, when, when you have a result from your work. I mean, one of the greatest results from work is getting a paycheck, right? And if you're not getting one of those, you might need to look for alternative work. We understand this in America. We understand hard work. I mean, we, this country was built on anything that we set our minds to, we can achieve, right? Work hard. We're great at working. And you know what? If that was the entire verse, if that was everything, we could just high-five each other and shake each other's hands and go home and have a nice lunch. It's, it'd be simple, easy to understand, right? But that's not all of it. That's actually the result. See, the working out of our salvation, it's the outcome, not the origin. The working out of your salvation, it's a byproduct. It's not the source. It's a result. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. How do we work out our salvation? By obeying God. There it is again. Obedience. Time and time and time again, we read about obedience. It's a theme that God is telling us we have to obey. And Paul is saying, how do we get the results of this hard work of our salvation? He's saying we have to be positioned correctly. In order to achieve those results, we have to obey. Well, there has to be obedience, but not just obedience coming from a deep reverence and a holy fear. So you can't obey if you're not listening. Yesterday, my son, he's a sinner. Yeah, so are you. He disobeyed me. We're driving to his grandma's, and he diso directly disobeyed what I had told him to do. And I said, son, you have to obey. If there's one thing that I'm responsible for teaching you, it's to obey so you can obey your father in heaven. And he said, dad, I didn't hear you. And I said, yes, that was the problem. You weren't listening. And it hit me across the face. How many times do I not hear God when he's trying to tell me something? You have to be listening in order to obey. We have a hearing problem. 
And, and Paul is saying, how do you obey in this position? Deep reverence and a holy fear. So as we work hard to show the results of our salvation, our position before him should be that of obedience with deep reverence and a holy fear. Okay, put that on the bookshelf for just a second. We'll come back to that. It doesn't stop there. Verse 13, here it comes. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for. Do you remember English class? For, that little conjunction that's used to express cause. For, in other words, here's the explanation. Here's the source. Here's the origin. For, for God is working in you. There it is. That's the source. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. For God is working in you. So, you and I are working out our salvation, and God is working in us. Sort of, but not quite. That's what it says, that's not what it means. Let me illustrate this. You're wondering why I have a weed whacker up here. Now, some people call these weed eaters, weed trimmers is probably the technical definition. If you go to Lowe's or Home Depot or Menards, they say weed trimmer. I prefer to call it a weed whacker. Some people call it a weed whipper. Well, I don't whip my weeds. I want to kill them. I want to whack them, okay? But I might use these words interchangeably. So the other day, I was using my weed whacker. I just mowed the lawn, beautiful day had my headphones on, I had my safety glasses on. If Paul was here, I'd say, hey, I got it covered. Got it covered, got the safety, safety Paul. And I'm just going to town. I, you know, and my, this weed whacker that I have is a uh, electric weed whacker. So I have to plug it in, not to insult your intelligence, but I'm going somewhere with this. I plug it in here on the, on the weed whacker and then it also plugs into the power source in my house. And I'm going along, just beautifully weed whacking, trimming, all that stuff. And all of a sudden, it stops. Like, what's going on? And you know, this, from time to time, I'll extend the boundaries of my extension cord and it'll kind of pull out of the house. So I thought, ah, that's probably what I did. So I go back to the power source in the house and I looked and it was fine. It was plugged in. That's weird. Well, looking at the cord, the cord seems fine. I, Go back to the weed whacker, it's plugged in, let me try again. Nothing. Nothing. I'm working hard to try to get some results and nothing, absolutely nothing. So about three times I do this whole procedure, I run back to the house, I'm, I'm checking, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And about the third time, I pulled the cord out of the weed whacker and I looked and I saw it. The electrical prong inside the weed whacker is broken off. See, I was messed up inside. I was working as hard as I could, but I couldn't do anything. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Okay, that means to produce, to get results, to achieve. Yes, for God is working in you. That's a different word. It comes from the Greek word energio. For God is energizing you. Different word. You can't, you and I cannot do anything. We can wave this around till we're silly. We can bang it on the ground. But it's not going to do much of anything unless we're energized. For God is working 
in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And if we're not energized, it's all worthless. You and I are the vessel. He is the current that's energizing us. Without Him, we are dead. We are lifeless. And He wants to energize you. He wants to flow through you. He wants to work in you. But if you don't have the energy source, you won't have the power. And like I said, we can wave this around in the air. We can bang it on the ground. We can do whatever we want in our own strength, but it doesn't matter. See, you wonder, Christian, you wonder why you're so exhausted at the end of the day. Because you've been trying to do it in your own strength. You wonder why non-Christians are not attracted to you because they see the crazy Christian at the end of the block waving his weed whacker around in the air. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You and I need to get out of the way. You and I need to get out of his way. Get out out of the way. If you remember one thing today, that's the thing to remember. Get out of the way because you can't do it on your own. You can't. You weren't built to do that. You have to have his energy flowing through you. And it's either, you're going to choose, it's either going to be all you or it's going to be all him. You, you can't have it both ways. But if you get out of the way, then he can energize you. And remember, remember what we shelved a little while ago? What's our position before him? Obedience. With deep reverence and a holy fear. See, you and I need to step aside. We need to get out of the way. We need to lay down so that he can be lifted up. We need to get out of the way. Yes, we need to work out our salvation, but in the right position. And see, until we fall on our face before our Creator, until we say like Isaiah said when he saw the Lord, he fell on his face and he said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And he said, I am a sinful man, yet I have seen the King. And until we live our life in that position, of deep reverence and a holy fear, listening to what God is trying to tell us to do because he's speaking, we're just not listening. And until we say, God, it is all you, none of me. I'm laying down. I'm laying my life down so that you can be lifted high. Whose name are you trying to make famous? Your name or his name? See, then when we're out of the way, when we step aside, when we get out of the way, then we're no longer blocking what he's trying to do in and through us, and we can experience God working in us and energizing us. For God is energizing you, giving you the desire, which is the willingness, and the power, the energy to do what pleases him. It's not about what pleases you. You were made for his pleasure. It's not about you and I working. 
It's not about you and I striving in our own strength. <laughs> we can work this weed whacker until we're blue in the face. It doesn't matter. We can strive, we can strive, we can try to do it in our own strength, but if we're not energized, it will not matter, Jack. Squat. What's, what's the best way to operate this, this device here? By waving it up and down? By, by stomping it on the ground? No. The best way to operate this is by holding steady. So you don't do much work at all. In fact, you don't do any work at all. It's all the energy source that's doing the work. See, the more that we rest in him, the more that we lean into him, the more that he can energize us. The more that we listen to him, the more that we obey him, the more that he energizes us. The more that we get out of the way, the more that we step aside, the more that he energizes us. The less that we do in and of ourselves, the more energy we receive through him. See, listen to me for a second. What he is doing in you is far far, 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 far more important than anything going on around you. What he is doing, what he is trying to do inside of you, it is light years ahead of any circumstance, anything happening around you. Check this out. So the creator God that spoke the galaxies into existence. That same God, he is creating, he is working inside of you and me. Let me say it another way. See, God doesn't skimp. God does not hold back. Thank you, Heidi. God does not hold back. Last week I was in South America, in, in Chile to be exact, and it's wintertime down there. So the Andes Mountains, they're covered, the tops of them are covered with snow. It's absolutely beautiful. But you have to understand, I'm originally from Canada. I grew up with that same picture in my backyard. I grew up with Rocky Mountains covered in snow. It was, it was a daily thing. I'd look out and I'd see them. Absolutely beautiful, yes, but I've seen beautiful mountains before. But this week I'm in Chile, and guess what? I couldn't stop looking at them. See, God doesn't skimp. He doesn't hold back. When have you and I looked at God's creation and gone, yeah, it's just kind of average. No. We go, whoa. Wow. That is beautiful. That is gorgeous. God, wow. You do not skimp. You do not hold back. Have you ever been in the, in the country away from the city lights at a dark night, the, it's no clouds in the sky, and you just look up and your neck gets sore because you're seeing all the stars and you can almost reach out and touch them. Or maybe you see just a, a beautiful sunset, a gorgeous sunset. Or, or you've seen the northern lights. You've heard the humpback whales singing. See, no one responds to that and says, yeah, it's okay. No, we say, whoa, wow, God, you are incredible, you are amazing, and get this, download this. See, here you and I are created in the very image of God, okay? We are the crown jewels of his creation. See, he's not coming back for the mountains. Hello, he's, he didn't send his son to die for the stars. No, he's coming back for you and me. 
the crown jewels of his creation. And you and I need to look in the mirror sometimes and look at people around us and go, whoa, God, that is beautiful. That's what you're dying for. That's what you're coming back for. Wow. See, the same God that spoke mountains and trees and forests and lakes and stars and planets and galaxies into existence, it's that same God, he's working inside of you right now. He's creating stuff inside of you in this very moment. You've got this whole universe inside of you that God is speaking life into. If we could only understand that and get that, we would go, Wow, unbelievable, God. Let me pay attention to that. Let me Instagram that. And see, you and I go around and we just pull out the power cord because we want to try to do it ourselves like we're some big stuff. No. You got to get out of the way. Step aside and get out of his way. If you want to truly live, you need to get out of the way. See, are you positioned correctly? Are you positioned correctly in obedience with deep reverence and a holy fear to hear what he is speaking life into you? Are you listening? What is he speaking right now into existence in your soul, in your life? Paul says it the best in Ephesians 3.20. This is what he says. He says, now all glory to God. <laughs> not some glory, not a little bit of glory, not almost all the glory. He says, now all glory to God who is able, yeah, huh? Through his mighty what? Power at work where? Within us to accomplish how much? Infinitely more. That's a big number than you and I could ask or think. He's trying to do more inside of you than you could ever dream up, than you could even ever think up, ever make up. And I think that's the most brilliant part of his creation is what he's still creating, what he's still doing, what his work is still doing in and through me not, and you, not for our glory, for his glory. And we have the audacity to pull the power cord and try to do it ourselves. We need to get out of the way. See, we're really good about working, right? We're really good about working. We're just not good at resting. I'm not talking about laziness. I'm talking about a resting that is a confidence in Him. I'm talking about a holding steady and letting Him do all the work. That's the way He designed you and me talking about being in the right position, obeying God with deep reverence and a holy fear. For God is working in you. He is energizing you. He is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And then His power will enable you to work hard to show the results of your salvation. But right now, I would suggest that most of the time, you and I are in the way. And we need to get out of the way. You're in the way. Your pride's in the way. You're striving and striving and working and working. And you're blocking his power. 
It's time to step aside. It's time to get out of his way. It's not shutting your eyes and falling asleep. No. It's stepping aside so that he can do the work in and through you. It's holding the right position and letting him energize you. See, it's not about movement. It's about rest. It's not about striving. It's about ceasing. I must decrease so that he can increase. Less of me, more of him. We need a generation that will cry out once again, come Lord Jesus. See, when you get to the end of your days, which may be 30 seconds from now, maybe 30 years from now, you don't know. When you get to the end of your days and see the face of Jesus, you will not be wishing that you spent more time at work. You will not be wishing you're not be thinking about that amazing sports car and lusting after that certain thing that somebody else has. You will not be consumed with your own, your home project. You will not be jealous of that family who, who took that amazing vacation. You won't be living in pity, in doubt, in uncertainty. See, there's an expiration date to your, to your life. The, the skin and bones that, you, that you're riding around in, <laughs> they're just a rental. They're going to expire. There's only one thing that will live on. That's your spirit and your soul. Same with everybody that you come in contact with. And when you're on, that fa- on your face before Jesus on that day, you will be on your face. Every single person in this room, every single person ever created in the history of the world will be on their face. And you will be in awe before your creator, God. And see, if you followed him here on earth, then you will be loving every second of it. Because you were made to worship him. You were created for his pleasure. See, my biggest fear, and Paul talks about it later in this chapter, says I don't want to get to the end of my days, my earthly days, and look back and realize that everything that I accomplished was garbage, was worthless. This is just the short blip of time that you and I have. We were created for eternity. See, he has to do a good work in us before anything good can spring out of us. We need to get out of the way. Would you grab your weed trimmer string that I gave you earlier? If you would, just close your eyes for a moment. I want you to focus on this for a second. One day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he sat in this boat because there wasn't any room on the shore and he was teaching the crowds from there and when he finished speaking, he, he turned to this guy Simon, we know him as Peter, and he said, Peter, go out where it's deeper and let down your nets, Peter, and catch some fish. And he said, Master, we worked hard all night and we didn't catch a thing. But Peter, I love his obedience. He says, but if you say so. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And you remember the story. They let the nets down, and their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. The boats began to sink. I mean, it was, it was a miracle. It was incredible. 
And when Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees because he realized who he was dealing with. <laughs> it was his creator. He fell to his knees in what a deep reverence and a holy fear. And he said, Jesus, Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner. He had that Isaiah moment. I cannot even be around you. And those fishermen, they were awestruck. And James and John were there too. And Jesus replied to Peter, he says, don't be afraid. He said, from now on, you're not going to be fishing for fish. You're going to be fishing for my crown jewels of my creation. You're going to be fishing for people. And the Bible says as soon as they landed, they left the fish, they left their boats, they left everything to follow him. So you won't get any results until you rest in him and have a confidence in him and allow him to energize you. This is for someone here today. You need to stop striving in your own strength. See, like Peter, you've worked hard all night in your own strength and you're getting absolutely nowhere and you're exhausted. It's time to get out of the way. You need to lay down right here and right now. In this moment, you need to lay something down. You need to get out of the way. Let me ask you a question. What do you need to lay down in your life? What is in the way? What do you need to lay down so that he can be lifted high? What do you need to lay down so that you can be energized through him? I want you to take this weed trimmer string home. It's just a string. But sometime this week, I want you to get on your face before Jesus, before your Creator. And whatever it is that you need to lay down, whatever that is, you're going to throw that string away and you're going to tell Him, you're going to tell Jesus, I am laying it down. I am getting out of your way. God, do something in me. I'm laying down my pride. I'm laying down my lust. I'm laying down my selfishness. I'm laying down my ambition. I'm laying down whatever it is, whatever might trip me up, whatever may cause the power to go out. I'm laying it down in your name. So, I mean, it's not about me. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm throwing this away as a symbol of laying down to you in obedience and deep reverence. I'm getting out of your way. God, I choose you, not me. Energize me, work in me, so I can rest in you. <laughs> I know you've been so desperate about something. You've been so desperate to, to do something in your life. There's someone here. See, the only desperation you need, the only desperation that I need, is to be desperate for him to do the work in you, to energize you. And all you need to do is position yourself properly in deep reverence and a holy fear, listening so that you can obey and let Him energize you. Let Him do the work within you. Just hold that weed whacker steady. Get out of His way. And let Him do the work. Jesus, we're so grateful for this word that you've put on our hearts today. Thank you for speaking, God. I pray that we were listening. God, imagine a church, imagine a people that, that were just sold out to you. Sold out to you. 
Imagine what they could do if they laid their life down. God, we want to be that church. We want to be that people. It's not about an hour on Sunday morning. It's about the people that are broken and lost. It's about the guy that I talked to at Walgreens last night. doesn't know Jesus. God, break our hearts so that you can do the work in and through us. So we can say, like Paul said, now all glory, not some of the glory, all glory to God who is able through his power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more, more than you could dream of, more than you could think of. God, do that work within us. Starting today, God, we lay it down. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.